good morning and a very, very, very happy new year. I think this is the last time I'm going to say it. So happy new year. We are well through, like passed through the half year, half month of the first year. So happy new year and we are good now. <laughs> new year started and how? The series that we are doing today is I have a dream. Don't we all have dreams? Yeah? So I have never gotten an opportunity to share my testimony with you guys, so I'm going to do it as quickly and as briefly as possible, because this is going to help us in the talk that I'm doing today. So as a 17-year-old, I thought that I wanted to come abroad to study, okay? I come from India, 24 years of my life, I've stayed with my parents, I've studied there, I've worked there. And um, at, when I was 17, I, I had a dream that I want to go abroad, because one of my cousins came to Lancaster, and I was like, why can't I? And thought about it, 17 years old. Everyone in my family was like, too much financial burden, let's not think about it. So my dream was crushed. And then I, as soon as I was 18, I went into studying the Indian Chartered Accountancy exam. <clears throat> I passed all the exams, uh, the entrance, the intermediate exams, everything was done correctly, fast, in Jesus, by his might. When it came to final exams, uh, 2015 May, I thought it was going to be fine, it was going to be a cakewalk like it was, and I failed. I failed not once, but five times for the same exam. So two and a half years from May 2015 to July 2017, all I did for two and a half years was study, give exams, fail. Study, give exams, fail. And why I'm sharing this with you is because when I failed for the fourth time in January, I was, I was like, God, what's wrong? What am I doing wrong? Like, am I doing something wrong? I'm your child. Like, why am I failing? And God reminded me about the dream I had six years ago that I needed to go abroad. At 17, I did not know that that, that dream was very crucial for my future. And when I thought about that dream again, and God is like, go abroad. And I'm like, okay, but I'm 24, and I should have started my career by now, and everything should have been done and dusted. I have to study again, like one more year of master's. And I was like, okay, we'll do it. <laughs> it, it happened so quickly when it was um, reminded to me that my dream was to go abroad. That 2017 September, I was in Dublin, and I, was, I had started my master's. And that moving away from my family is what brought me closer to God. Moving away from the care of my bubble of my care is what made me grow. And you would ask, like, why do you think this is a godly dream? I would say that I would have never done whatever I have done without God's intervention. I would have never remembered the dream because it was crushed. It was badly crushed. And um, there was no other possible way to, to make me come serve Him 
if this was not how it was. So I, I know it was a godly dream, and I know I'm standing here because of that dream today. So let us all dare to dream. No age barriers. On Monday, the 5th of February at 7.30, we are getting together to explore God-given dreams. Enough of my testimony. You've heard enough. Um, we are going through Joseph's story from the Bible in the series which is called I Have a Dream. From Genesis 37 to 47, Bible tells us an enduring story. A story of a young man who was so, so loved by his father that his own brothers were jealous of him. Aren't you sometimes jealous of the youngest one who gets it all? Literally, everything. PlayStation 5, yeah, it's yours. My dear husband here is the youngest child of three. So he is differently favored and loved in my family and his family. <laughs> so we tease him like a lot because he, he's differently favored. He's called the diamond child. And, um, but because of this reason, we've never tried to kill him. His sister and I never plotted <laughs> to kill him. But Joseph's brothers did. They plotted to kill him because of the jealousy. And when they did not succeed, they sold him as a slave. Sold their own brother. I found it very infuriating when I read that part over and over again. Their jealousy got the better of them. Now, given the situation, I also understand how irritating it must have been for the, all the elder brothers to hear, oh, my sheep is going to stand and your sheep is going to bow down, bow down to me. Joseph said that to his family. But he wasn't. He wasn't bragging. He was sharing the God-given dream. Here I think the dream wasn't the problem. What the problem was, what got him into a mess, was sharing it prematurely. The learning here is to be very discerning as to who you share your dream with. Because some people will try to kill you for your dream or sell you, according to the Bible. Well, let's move on from the background of Joseph and dive into today's passage. We are going to read from Genesis chapter 39 in the message version. And today's topic is, you are the project. Me too, but we are the project. Please feel free to open the passage on your Bible or handheld devices. The words will also come up on the screen behind me. Let us pray before we read Genesis chapter 39. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you want to teach us. We thank you that our hearts are open to hear what you have to share. In Jesus' name, amen. Genesis chapter 39. It's, it's a tad bit long, so please bear with me. It's a great story. We learn a lot. Just a tad bit long, so bear with me. After Joseph had, take, had been taken in, into Egypt by the Ishmaelites, Potiphar, an Egyptian, one of Pharaoh's officials and the manager of his household bought him from them. As it turned out, God was with Joseph 
and things went very well with him. He ended up living in the home of his Egyptian master. His master recognized that God was with him, saw that God was working for good in everything he did. He became very fond of Joseph and made him a per his personal aide. He put him in charge of all his personal affairs, turning everything over to him. From that moment on, God blessed the home of the Egyptian, all because of Joseph. The blessing of God spread over everything he owned, at home and in, in the fields. And all Potiphar had to concern himself was eating three meals a day. What a life, eh? just concerning to eat. Everything else is handed over. Now, Joseph was a strikingly handsome man. As time went on, his master's wife became infatuated with Joseph and one day said, sleep with me. What a forward woman for that time, eh? Like, it's far along in the history, so okay. He wouldn't do it. He said to his master's wife, look, with me here, my master doesn't give a second thought to anything that goes on here. He's put me in charge of everything he owns. He treats me as an equal. The only thing he hasn't turned over to me is you. You are his wife, after all. How could I violate his trust and sin against God? She pestered him day after day after day. But he stood his ground. He refused to go to bed with her. On one of these days, he came to the house to do his work, and none of the household servants happened to be there. She grabbed him by his cloak and said, sleep with me. He said he left his coat in her hand and ran out of the house. When she realized that he had left his coat in her hand and ran outside, she called her to her house servants, said, look, this Hebrew shows up, and before you know it, she, he's trying to seduce us. He tried to make love to me, but I yelled as loud as I could. With all my yelling and screaming, he left his coat beside me here and ran outside. She kept his coat right there until his master came home. She told him the same story. She said, the Hebrew slave, the one you brought to us, came after me and tried to use me for his plaything. When I yelled and screamed, he left his coat with me and ran outside. When his master heard his wife, wife's story, telling him these are the things your slave did to me, he was furious. Of course, anyone would be. Joseph's master took him and threw him into the jail where the king's prisoners were locked up. But there in jail, God was still with Joseph. He reached out in kindness to him. Potiphar reached out in kindness to him. He put him on good terms with the head jailer. The head jailer put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners. He ended up managing the whole operation. The head jailer gave Joseph free reign, never even checked on him, because God was with him. 
Whatever he did, God made sure it worked out for the best. What a story, eh? So what is the Lord wanting to do with us, in us? What do we need to learn when we are carrying God-given dreams? There are some things that God wants to um, work deeper and deeper into us. There are some vital foundations that if we are going to carry God-given dreams, we have to learn from the jo story of Joseph. I'm going to give away what we are going to learn and then we are going to break it apart. We are going to learn to have a servant heart. We are going to build a godly character. And we are going to have the confidence that the Lord is with us. So developing a servant heart. Joseph as a servant in Potiphar's house. Verses 2 to 4 says, The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. His master saw that the Lord was with him, and the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found favor in Potiphar's eyes. Joseph's situation was probably worse than any of us have gone through. Away from his house, sold as a servant, yet God did not abandon him. Even the smallest way, God was still with him. If God allowed Joseph to be a slave, then he was a successful man, even as a slave. We often complain to God that he put us in a terrible or difficult place. Yet God's will is that we trust him to bless us and make us successful as he measures success wherever we are, wherever. Externally, it did not always appear that God was with him, for he did not always seem to be prosperous as a man. But when you come to look into the inmost soul of this servant of God, you see his true likeness. He lived in communion with the Most High God. And God blessed him because his life was planned and orchestrated by the Lord himself. Some people, like me also, think that we can't be blessed unless we are in authority, in charge of things. Jesus himself lived and taught a better way. A servant life. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be servant of all. Matthew 20, 26. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Matthew 20, 28. There are many wonderful titles for Jesus the Messiah, but one of the most meaningful is servant of the Lord. Matthew 12, 18. We can and must learn the blessing of being a servant. If it isn't forced upon us like it was on Joseph, we can choose it. A good way to serve would be to join a team in the church. 
You serve one week, and you are served the rest of the three weeks of the month. I'd say that's a pretty good deal, eh? Serve one month and get served the rest of the three. There are so many ways you can serve. You can choose to join a welcome team, connect team, refreshments, even leading a small group with the new All Church series coming up. I'm sure there are more areas you can serve in. If you're interested to start serving, please um, meet us in, at the Connect area and we will get you hooked on too. This new year, let's be God's favored servants. In this part of the chapter, we also see that God is able to trust Joseph with more responsibilities in the future, making him a ruler, because he was faithful with as little as being a servant. Are you faithful in little today? Are you faithful where you are planted? Because if we are not faithful in little, how would God trust us with more? Rick Warren, author of the book, I Have a Dream, says, while you're working on your dream, God is working on your character. Just like God works on Joseph's character during his servant and prison days. We and our character is God's ultimate project. Now, who knows what was the Oxford 2023 word of the year? I heard someone say it. Yeah? Do you know what that means? Yeah. So. I didn't know what that meant until it was published. It means style, charm, or attractiveness, the ability to attract a romantic or a sexual partner. Now, I believe Joseph had some of the riz. <laughs> the Bible says in Genesis chapter 39, Joseph was well-built and handsome, AKA riz. <laughs> now, while Joseph is plodding along, being a faithful as a servant, being faithful as a servant, making the most of his opportunity that he has, guess what happens? A very beautiful, I, I'm assuming that Potiphar's wife was beautiful, okay? Because that, it doesn't say that in the Bible. A very beautiful, tall glass of walking sin approaches him. Not only approaches him, ambushes him. Potiphar's wife, after some plotting and planning, figured out a way to spend alone time with Joseph. Not to ask him advice or learn about God that he serves. No, that's not what she wanted to do. She wanted to seduce him. To seduce him to commit sin. He did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. Joseph was careful to never be alone with his temptation. Joseph wisely avoided being alone around Potiphar's wife or to be with her. He, he avoided the best he could. We rightly admire Joseph as an example of a man or a woman of God who resisted temptation. There are many in the Bible who did not always successfully resist temptation. Do we remember Adam and Eve, Abraham and Moses, David and Solomon, and even John and Peter? 
there are few others who seemed very good at resisting temptation, such as Joseph and Daniel. Still, none of these compare to Jesus. Jesus was tempted and tested in all the ways we can't even imagine. Yet he remained perfect and sinless. Filled with Jesus, we can also have the strength to resist temptation, only because of his might, not ourselves, but with his might. I have three R's for you. I think um, Emeka did four F's. We are going to do three R's to remember that what Joseph did in case of being tempted in this chapter. The first R, he resisted. Joseph in verse 8 has a logical conversation with Potiphar's wife and says, everything the master has, he has entrusted to my care, including the house and other servants. Master has held nothing but you from me. He resists her by explaining the situation in the nicest way possible. Unlike Eve, when tempted, he resisted. The second R. He refused. Joseph refused and said in verse 9, How could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Verse 10, he said, And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even to be with her. The third R. Run. When in verse 11 through 12, Potiphar's wife caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me, he ran out of the house. Joseph avoided Potiphar's wife as much as possible. He resisted, refused her advances, and finally ran from her. Sometimes merely trying to avoid the temptation isn't enough. We must turn and run from them especially when the temptations seem very strong, as is often with the case of sexual temptation. In the New Testament, the Bible says, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. In Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2.22. So as God is working on our character, we need to learn to respond rather than react in difficult situation. Running away from situations that will take, a, take us away from the Lord, I think is a really good reaction. I'm reminded about the song that we just sang, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper. That the bridge of the song is, even when we can't see, he's working. Even when we don't feel, he's working. What is he working on? On us. He's working on us, on our heart, on our mind. Let us look at the Joseph life briefly un until this chapter. Right? From privilege in his father's house to the pit his brothers threw him into, to being property in the slave market, to the privilege of managing Potiphar's house, to the principal stand against temptation, to the perjury of false accusation, 
to the prison of Pharaoh. At this point in prison, I believe Joseph would have questioned his dream. Must have had so many questions, why this, why me? But say it with me, the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. In the book, Created to Dream, by Rick Warren, there are six phases of a dream. There's dreaming, the dream. There's decision to follow the dream. There's delays, difficulties, dead ends, and deliverance. I think he's in the season of difficulties and dead ends. But we can see the Lord's mercy in this. Because if, just humor me, if Potiphar had really believed his wife, he certainly could have put Joseph to death. He had the power to do it. But what did he do? He put Joseph in, in the prison. And along with that, he put in a good word for him to the head jailer, said he's a very nice guy. Look after him. Put him in charge of things. You can trust him. Why? Because the Lord was with him. We can see the injustice in this. Because Joseph suffered for someone else's sin. As Christians, we remember someone who perfectly resisted all temptation. Who, as he stood for his righteousness, was stripped of his garments. And who was then punished for the sin of others. We see that Jesus is the hope of all who fail under temptation. We can see God's hand in all of this. All of this that happened to Joseph moves God's story forward. Putting Joseph in the place where he can save his family and the whole world from the coming famine and prepare a place his family to live with in, in the future in Egypt. Charles Spurgeon, a pastor from 17th century, said, he felt it a cruel thing to be under such a slander and to suffer for his innocence. A young man, so pure, so chaste, must have felt it to be sharper than a whip of scorpions to be accused as he was. Yet, as he sat down in the gloom of his cell, the Lord was with him. The dominating theme is that Joseph succeeded because the blessing of the Lord was with him. Genesis chapter 39, in just this chapter, it says five times. Verse 2, Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. His master saw that the Lord was with him and the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. Verse 3. Verse 5 says, The Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had. Even after Joseph was falsely accused and thrown into prison, God still blessed Joseph with his presence. 
verse 21 and 23. But the Lord was with Joseph. A big question you might have is, what did Joseph do that the Lord was with him? What can I do for the same Lord to be with me? You and me, we have Jesus in our lives. And therefore the Lord is with us. We believe, we have faith, and we receive his favor. Let us say this together. The Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. If you're new here today and don't know who Jesus is, Jesus is the Son of God, and because of his sacrifice on the cross, we can be in communion with God. Do you sometimes feel that I have no idea what is happening in my life? Why am I not getting healed? Why am I in this untoward situation? Why am I not moving forward? When will the dream that God gave me come to life? When will I get married? When will I have children? There's so many question, questions. Here we see that the Lord was with Joseph and still he was cast into prison. He was in a prison even though it says five different times in the same chapter that the Lord was with him. He knew God was with him in prison and therefore he did not sit down sullenly in his sorrow but he bestirred himself to make the best of his afflicted condition. So let us make the most of the cards we are dealt and be faithful where we are planted. In Romans chapter 8, Bible says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. I believe we are all here and are, we are all called according to his purpose. And all things will work out together for good.